Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Hometown Glory, the Spurs and Culture podcast. Charlie is off and also I'm afraid Billy can't make it. So I am Tom and today with me are lovely Ash and the legend Rosa. On this episode, we're talking Liverpool, of course. A really great performance, a one-all, but also kind of a disappointment considering that result the next day. I can barely face it, but we'll chat about the North London derby taking place on Thursday. We should probably look at the league table. We'll round up the women's season with Rosa and, of course, recommend music, movies, TV and whatever other cultural delights we're into right now. Ash sometimes recommends coats and restaurants and Rosa gets really, really deep, as regular listeners will know. So uh, first, Rosa, what did you enjoy about Saturday? Uh, I know Klopp thought we played ugly, but I thought it was a pretty excellent performance, to be honest. Yeah, it was a fantastic performance, I think. I spent quite a lot of time during the actual game, like hiding. Ollie had had the kids all day, so I said to him, okay, fine, you can take you can take the evening off and go to the pub. But then it meant that I was like all by myself watching a Spurs-Liverpool game, which I don't traditionally do well at. So I would sort of watch it and then hide and then watch it again. So it was a pretty sort of jumbled experience for me watching it at the time. But I have subsequently watched the entire match again. And honestly, I... You know, I'm predisposed to sort of think um, Klopp's talking nonsense anyway. But I also really do think he was talking nonsense because, especially towards the end, we were re- we were actually really pushing for a goal. And I don't think you know it wasn't it wasn't parking the bus. It wasn't just like a purely defensive performance. It was like a fully focused, committed, yes, counter-attacking performance. But as so many other people have said, what are you supposed to do? Just let Liverpool play exactly the way they want to. But you know, even with that said, they kind of did play the way they wanted to anyway. That's how they like to play. They like to pressure you 
um, and play like fast, aggressive, attacking football. And it's not like they didn't do that. They just couldn't find a way through. That's not on us. That I mean, that is on us, obviously, because we're fantastic in defence, but that's also their fault. And I really loved everything that Conte has been saying um, afterwards, saying that actually we should have won the match. I don't... <laughs> I don't really think that's true because having watched it back, we could like easily have conceded towards the end as well. Um, but I'm just, I know it does sort of feel like a loss and a point wasn't really enough, but I'm really thrilled by the performance. I think everyone was brilliant. And of course, I'm going to give a special shout out to my buccaneering Body on the line. Is he a central defender or is he an attacking wing back? Benjamin Davis, what a man, man of the match, and rightly so. <laughs> I think we were all slightly shocked that Glenn Hoddle named Ben Davis as man of the match. Um, Honestly, me too, but I will take it. <laughs> I mean, Romero was probably um, deserving of man of the match, I would, I would say. Uh, but yeah, big up, big up Ben Davis. And yeah, I liked um, Conte's comments today that um, we actually Liverpool stole two points from us. I think, like you said, we rode our luck. Towards the end of that first half, I remember being pretty stressed and thinking, ref, just blow it. Liverpool's pressing was pretty insane. But like you said, how are we meant to play against arguably the best team in the world? And Liverpool, I was also... Uh, hearing, I listened to a football podcast today and they were talking about Liverpool's record at Anfield and it is insane recently. Like Van Dijk, for example, has never lost at Anfield, which is mad. But yeah, we could have nicked it at the end there as well. Ash, um, who are your standout players against Liverpool? I thought Dyer did really well um, just because I didn't notice him at all. Like, no, And no one sort of mentioned him, but I thought he was like excellent. I thought... Romero was great, but he like gave away possession a lot in the first half, which he tends to do, but he was under a lot of pressure. And obviously like Davies like grew into the game and did well. We have to talk about Emerson because Billy's not here. Um, but he was like great for Emerson. And I thought he did really well and obviously played a part in the goal. And then I just, everyone did well. I guess the only person that you can say maybe didn't play up to the usual standard was Benton Court. Um, but I thought like it was a really good performance across the board. Um, I was really happy. And I think like that point may like prove like incredibly like useful at the end of the season. Um, I have no idea what Klopp's talking about. Um, I just think he's a sore loser. And we just limited them to just pot shots from like 20, 30 yards. Um, I think someone said, I don't know where I heard this or read it, but it was one of like, the lowest um, XGs that Liverpool had all season. Um, so I think like all round, it was like a really good performance. And that really gives me hope, like not just for like Thursday, but like for next season as well, we've taken, um, what is it? Eight points from City and Liverpool. And those are the hardest games like all year. So it just bodes really well for Conte next year. And, yeah, we just need to back him in the summer, which I know we've spoken about at length um, on this podcast. But yeah, I think it's a really big result and performance. People, uh, the media and people always seem to point to our record against top four sides or top six sides. But um, that's pretty good this season, isn't it? Two draws against Liverpool and two wins 
against Man City. And for all Klopp's moaning, if Liverpool do go on to win the league, um, which seems unlikely now, but if they had, we, we were the ones who took six points off them this season. What I just really want is I want that to be a game and a result. You know, maybe maybe if the, even if the result doesn't ultimately mean anything because we don't quite manage to scrape top four, I do. I, I want it so much to be a result that means something and just isn't a kind of random like good day that we've had. I want it to be a sort of template for how we can how we can perform like in the future. And I don't, yeah, like we don't, we don't want to talk too much about Thursday because it's just too terrifying. But honestly, if we can replicate like most of that, like we should be absolutely fine. Like there's no, you know, obviously it's the North London derby and everything and the pressure that's gone into it and all the nonsense that surrounds it, like really who knows? And derbies never kind of go that, you know, go smoothly. But honestly, everybody... I think we've almost done well to kind of get rid of two wingbacks. Not like obviously the Matt Doherty thing um, injury has was a sort of setback, but it's almost like now Conte can just focus on Emerson and be like, okay, that's fine. That's your position. That's where you're playing. I can just drill you now. And same with Cesc, to be honest. I think that was one of his best games for us probably like he's quite wobbly in defense but you know like I said that's once if you've got Benjamin Davis uh covering for you it's fine and you know Emerson was covered quite a lot by Kulisevsky as well so it's almost like we we're, we're down we're quite down to the bare bones but that is sort of okay for us at this point in the season because it just means there's one player one position everybody knows exactly what they're doing so I think Ash is right. I think Benton Call was the only one that was a slight worry, really. He just looked just kind of not really quite there the whole time. A bit sort of flimsy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure someone online had someone online had mentioned that he's been like playing under injections since the Burnley game. How true that is, like I don't know. Um, but that might explain like quite a lot because he did seem like a few yards off the pace. Um, but hopefully he's back on on Thursday to his normal self and just like runs the midfield because we're gonna need him. I love how I love how we're trying to said we're gonna avoid talking about the North London derby and we're all just talking about the North London derby. It's just completely unavoidable. <laughs> it really is. And can't stop thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like you know when you sort of um, when some you just kind of you wake up. And you have those sort of few moments of like, oh, everything's okay. And then this sort of creeping sense of dread. And then you remember like exactly what it is you're terrified of. And I just, I feel really annoyed that it's happening at this stage in the season. And we shouldn't, like, it's always such a sickener, isn't it? But it really shouldn't, it shouldn't have to mean this much at this point in the season. Although I guess we had it a few years ago, right? Like the last season at White Hart Lane, it was like our second to last home game. So it's not like we haven't had this pressure before yeah the, the other one that sticks out was when we like i don't know what year it was but we lost the fa cup semi-final to portsmouth and i think we had like arsenal chelsea and like someone else ridiculous like in a row and we just like won all our games and like got fourth so um it's possible obviously it's still on and i think the atmosphere is going to be unbelievable i think it's like the first time that there's like a north london derby at a spurs ground in north london with fans for like 
five years or something really ridiculous. So the atmosphere is going to be really special on Thursday, I think. And hopefully that like helps get us over the line because the thought of them winning, securing top four and having an Amazon documentary about it just like does a oh, fair thing. God, I think, yeah, I'm just, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to contemplate it. If it happens, it'll be bad enough. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's the first one with like a full in the new stadium with the full crowd. Right. We just, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is crazy. It's crazy. it's crazy to think about. Yeah. But I feel like just if we could want to go back to Liverpool a little bit and just kind of in, still enjoy that let's game. Let's dwell on um, Liverpool a bit longer before yeah. we get stressed. <laughs> like Romero, I think was, was amazing. And it was interesting kind of watching the game back again, because it is, is, is sort of hilarious that um, Hoddle picked Davies as his man of the match. And but I think that's almost because he expects so much more from Romero because he was quite critical of him at times in ways I was a bit like, mm, I mean, he's only like, how old is Romero? He's like 23 or something ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Um, and he said, Oh, he gives, you know, he gives the ball away and it's true. He did it a few times, not a lot, frankly. And it's almost as if Hoddle was kind of comparing him to Van Dyke, which is like, they're not <laughs> any, like Romero is amazing, but he's nowhere near Van Dyke's level yet. So I think it's almost just like the, the level of expectation that Hoddle has for a player, for a player like Romero that kind of led him to almost like mark him down, I think. To go back to what Ash was saying as well, I think that was uh, Emerson's best game for Spurs, wasn't it? Um, as Billy would, is so sad he can't be here because that the highlights reel he released this week, uh, Emerson Royal socials guy, it was genuinely really good. He had a he had an excellent game, and also I just want to because I've been quite critical of Cessignon. I just want to shout him out because. His assist for Son's goal was like so calm and sweet. His, his sort of very con- calm and considered cutback um, in a really highly pressured moment. And against Leicester, I got very frustrated with him because I think he gets himself into amazing positions and then seems to panic um, with the ball. But I thought, uh, yeah, that, that assist was brilliant. And that was one of... One of his better games. He doesn't defend that much, so thank God for for gentle Ben. Uh, let's talk Son as well. Um, we've got uh, we've got to mention him. He's now on twenty goals. Salah is on uh, twenty two league goals, and of course has has uh, some penalties in there as well. Um, Son's stats are looking pretty ridiculous, and I think that's his first twenty goal season for us, right? Twenty goal league season. Yeah, it is. It is. There's only a few players that have done it. I think it's like him. They they posted a, a thing online and it was like him, Sheringham, Klinsman. I'm gonna forget someone. Bale. Bale. And then it was like, and it was like Kane five times. It's amazing that he's done that. And like, I'd love him to to actually win the Golden Boot. He deserves it. If you told me at the beginning of the season that that he would be close to like winning the Golden Boot, I'd just been like. He's not like his numbers haven't really got anywhere near that, have they? Maybe last season close, I guess. I know we're so lucky. And I think I said this in the group as well. Like um, it, it sort of doesn't seem like Kane is going anywhere now. But I did sort of have this like fantasy of him, of Son just kind of turning into like a Benzema type. If Kane goes like Benzema did once Ronaldo had left Madrid, just like an unstoppable machine. There have been times over the years where I think like Kane 
has been injured for, for long spells. And you know, there was always that argument, uh, like, are we better without Kane? And I don't think we are, but I think we've definitely like looked more fluid at times. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just amazing to see. And like, yeah, let's hope that he, uh, he bangs in a few more and like we can secure fourth and the golden boot. Last. Um... This is it. He's a man for the big occasion, really, isn't he? Like he's like, like he scored like the, like the first goal at the new stadium. Am I remembering that right? I feel like that happened. I feel like he, he's always kind of there on like a big occasion to, to score like a really, really important goal. So yeah, please do it again for us on Thursday. That'd be great. <laughs> Just uh, the last thing on the Liverpool game because it really it almost was the last kick of the game or rather header of the game. Should uh, Hoybier have have done better? Like, sh- could he have put it in himself, or should he have just laid it down better for Kane? Because Kane looked furious. It was such a good chance, and I think we've all been having nightmares about it since. I don't think he could have scored from there. Um, I don't think he's got the ability, but. I think he should have just laid it off better. And that's the sort of the second game where his like, touch has been completely off. I think the game previous, Kulisevsky skinned someone, put an amazing board across for us to score and like Hoiberg sort of miscontrolled it. Um, so I love Hoiberg, but I think he's one of the obvious ones that you can sort of upgrade on in the summer. It's such a shame that he that he was the one who was in that position because probably of of everybody he's he's the one player you, you probably wouldn't have wanted to be there in that moment. Like if we like if we'd had Kulu up there, right, that would have been a goal probably. So I don't. I, I almost. I think Hoybe has done so well the last few games. I'm kind of like I don't really feel necess- like an upgrade is necessary. I mean, it probably is. But um, it's just more. Don't you like? Don't go bombing forward if you can't then finish the move. Do you know what I mean? Like it's your like if you're not that kind of player, just stay back. To be honest, like I'm, I'm very much like if you know you cannot do those things, don't try. But I also feel like we we could have won the game, but didn't Liverpool have like a ridiculous chance? I'm sure like somebody like Diaz was, just, or maybe Trent Alexander Arnold was just like you know, coming in on off the right, like basically completely unmarked and like missed what was what would have been like a certain goal. So I feel we could have won it, but we were also kind of lucky to not concede as well. I feel like it, those, just, it just would have been amazing. It would have been. Uh, I feel like in those centre mid positions, I'd love like three players that can rotate into those two, like shout out mm. Winky, but he's not the one I think he needs to, he definitely needs a move in the summer. And if you look at um, Liverpool or City or Chelsea, they've always got an amazing centre mid on the bench. Uh, and like you said, with Benton Court, um having injections and I didn't think he was great against Leicester for quite a lot of the Leicester game as well. Um, so if, if one of them's uh Feeling tired, it'd be good to have someone to come in. So hopefully we will strengthen in centre mid in the summer. Um, all right, let's talk briefly about the North London derby. It's not long away. Um, I'm going to need a few beers beforehand uh, in the Turkish restaurant that we always go to to calm my nerves. As you said, Ash, the atmosphere should be amazing. Uh, I'm still furious at Arsenal that it that they got it postponed in January, but we do now have Kulu 
and Romero. Uh, how do you think we need to play on Thursday? Like, is there anything we can do differently tactically against Arsenal or is it just more of the same after Liverpool? Um, I think it is more of the same. The one thing that like they start each half very strongly um, and they did that against Leeds and sort of like they put the game to bed like within like the first 10 minutes. So if they score first, it's going to be really difficult, I think, to get anything out of the game. And I think if we score first, I just think that they're going to bottle like not only the game, but like top four. So I'd like if we can just like not concede within the first 20 minutes and and just sort of like just be very strong and compact. Um, that's kind of it. I think like we're better than them. I think we've got better players than them. Um, and I think like if they'd had more games this season and then like sort of bottled the cup games really early and they didn't sort of manipulate like the fixture schedule in the way that they have, I think we would have wrapped top four up ages ago. Um, especially if we've had Conte all season, but it's just the way it goes. But I'm not, I'm not, it's weird. Like I'm worried because I just don't want them to win it, but I just do think we're like much better team, to be honest with you. Rosa, what are you thinking? My main worry is, uh, is Saka. Obviously, he's uh, a really great player. Um, what do you think we need to do? Who are you worried about? I feel like if everybody just 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 does their jobs and nobody loses their head, then I think we should be fine. I do like I have concerns that somebody like Romero might just kind of lose it in that in that atmosphere. Um, I was probably, I would have been more concerned about it like a few months ago than I am now. I feel like he's sort of calmed down a little bit. Um, you know, I don't, I'm not even that worried. I say this now because I know if it happens on the night, I'll be like screaming, but I'm not even that worried about conceding first because I feel like we've always got a chance. We've always got goals in us um, and we've got, Exacta is a very good player, but we've got more of that individual quality than they do. So I suppose the, my only sort of slight concern is I think like, how are they going to play us? Are they going to try to come out at us or are they, or are they going to sit back and kind of try to let us play through them? Because that might, will it end up being a sort of weird stalemate? Like I've got kind of horrible memories of, do you remember the, um, the game in 2016 that ended up being um, a small draw. And if we'd won it, we could have gone top. But it was, it was a Leicester season. And do you remember? And we we scored to go 2 1 up. And then, like, the fucking heavens opened. And then, like, they, but they'd, and they'd had, they were already down to 10 men, right? And then they scored. And it, and it was, and then it was like a miserable draw. Um, they did that by just, and obviously this was Wenger, so like Arteta is nowhere near the kind of managerial genius, genius that Wenger was. But I remember that game, they just kind of completely like bypassed the midfield. If we're really up for it and everybody's just super focused and does their job, we should be fine. But that is my just, I'm sort of, I don't really know how they're going to come out tactically, basically, because I sort of avoid watching them because I can't stand it and they've won too many games. And so I've avoided watching all of those, really. As Ash said, the atmosphere should be amazing. Um, and hopefully the atmosphere on the high road, as everyone uh, comes out of the ground, is also amazing. That's what I'm, I'm hoping for. We'll all be buzzing. 
Yeah, I'm not going. So if that makes anyone feel calmer, I was going to put that out there. <laughs> I'm enormously here. <laughs> exactly. There you go. I've done it all for you. Um, I'm really jealous, and I'm also quite relieved because I just don't think my heart could take it. To be honest, although is there something about it? Is actually like it's easier to take when you're there, like having to be at home. Just you feel kind of even more powerless just watching it. It's going to be extremely stressful, and I'm I'm, re- I'm going to tell my uh, Kirsty, my long suffering wife, that if things go badly, my phone will just be off from approximately 10 p.m. So I'll make it home at some point, but my phone is just going off potentially for uh, two weeks at least, um, <laughs> till the end of the season. Moving on, uh, Spurs women have finished their season fifth in the league, in the Super League, which is a huge achievement given how recently we joined the Women's Super League. Um, We also finished the season at White Hart Lane against Leicester, a 1-0 win. Rosa, you were there. How was it? Yeah, it was a great day. So it was a really fun day out because um, Ollie and I went and we took our kids and we were there with um, Charlie and his wife and their daughter as well and a couple of our other friends. So it was just, um, it was a really nice day out. It was a slightly weird experience of we got seats like really close to the pitch, which is obviously really fun because you're really close to the players. But I actually find it really impossible to tell what's going on from that sort of vantage point. (laughs) can't really see the action um so it was all it was just sort of a weird slightly disorienting experience but so much fun and they played really well I mean it was a quite a classic um Spurs like the sort of game that they've played a lot this season where um they played quite a lot of nice football um very well organized good defensively um some nice stuff but like it was only it was only ever really going to be like a one nil victory, if anything, because we just don't have enough players to score. But what was really nice was that the goal scorer was Ash Neville, who has been our player of the season and, and got like the player of the season award um, on the pitch afterwards. And it was a really nice move. It was like a lovely cross from Jessica Naz, who I also really like. And um, and actually Ash Neville, she she could have had another goal, um, but it's like you can really you can really see like the areas that we're really strong in so defensively and in sort of central midfield and it is and a player like Ash Neville just stands out so much like even more than just kind of watching her on telly when you go and see her in the flesh like she really is sort of several levels above the rest of them I would say which is amazing given that she's kind of come up through the ranks with Spurs um so it would just be like it's really like fifth is like their highest ever finish, um, which is obviously kind of slightly disappointing to think that there was a point in the middle of the season where they were challenging for Champions League places. But I think if they can get a couple, you know, two or three really good signings, that's definitely a possibility next season. I mean, they're still obviously challenging against the really, you know, the big guns of the league and it will be tough. But that team's just done such a good job and both um Ash Neville and Rianne Skinner um the manager she's up for like manager of the season as well which I think just shows you what an amazing job they've 
done. So it was just, it was lovely to be there. And it was really, really nice to see them at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, even if, you know, it wasn't, they only had like one stand open. So I feel like it would, like, I'd love to see it just like full um, and you never know one day, but it was a great day out and hopefully they'll have more games at the stadium next season because I'd really, they're just, they're a really, really good team. And it's just really, it's really, really fun watching them play. Like it's really, it's so nice to have a good Spurs women team. So I think next season, like properly onwards and upwards, really. I know you've been really vocal on the, on the podcast about wanting them to play more often at, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium at White Hart Lane, we'll call it. Uh, so uh, it's interesting to hear what you say and, uh, about the experience and hopefully next season there'll be more games at, at the stadium, right? Well, I think that's what they want. And um, uh, Rianne Skinner has actually come out recently and said that that's what they want to do as well. And at the very least, they want to kind of schedule it so that it's easier for fans of the men's teams also watch the women's team because there have been some sort of, there's been a few like fixture clashes. Um, so that will make a massive difference, I think. And I think also their plan is to try to actually just sort of draw kind of local um, residents, like make it more of a local team, which is pretty handy since loads of people are just being kind of priced out of the men's team anyway. So um, it'd be nice for that reason. Yeah, because obviously um, they play at the Hive in Barnet, and that's not really a local club. So no, I think it, that should make that should make a really big difference. It feels like a Tottenham team should be playing in Tottenham. Uh, Barnet doesn't feel remotely close. Yeah, and it can't just be like, oh, sorry, ladies, we built this really fancy stadium, and it's now too big for you to play in. Do you know what I mean? And you touched on it there briefly, but what do we need in summer? I read the great um, blog that you uh, tweeted earlier today. Um, and so you touched on signings there. I mean, firepower, it seems like we need goals. Um, but can we compete with the top four, United City, Chelsea and Arsenal next season, do you think? I mean, look, it will take... It is the sort of classic Spurs problem in that it will take, we won't have a lot of money. They will have to be like the signings that we make will have to be like basically perfect because we can't afford to get it wrong. But if that happens and, and also more luck with injuries, because actually, I mean, the second half of the season, we did get quite unlucky with injuries to, um, to kick Graham and Rhea Percival. So I just think, if, if things if things come together in the way that they can do sometimes for teams, like, you know, like we had under Pochettino for a couple of years, it is possible. It will be tough. I mean, you know, hopefully um, Chelsea as an entity will be no more next season. So that would help. <laughs> We're all praying for that to happen, genuinely. Uh, Chelsea, no one feels sorry for you. Sorry. Uh, certainly no one in North London. Um, right, moving on to the least stressful bit of the podcast, uh, the culture picks. Uh, Ash, tell us what you've been doing, watching, listening to recently. 
Um, the only thing I've been like listening to and watching is a new Kendrick Lamar song slash video. Um, and it would feel weird to like not talk about it because it feels like a cultural reset moment in music. Um, it's amazing. Everyone needs to watch it. Um, he uses like incredible deep fake technology to like morph his face into like prominent celebrities um, while rapping about them and other things. It's just very special. Um, and then the other, there's like another rap album that like everyone should hear, which is by this guy called IDK. Um, and it's like seven tracks and they're all produced by Kate Trinada. And it's just really fun. So everyone should go and listen to that. So those are my recommendations. Nice. Love a bit of Kate Trinada. Yeah, I do too. He's playing um, at Brixton in a couple of months, actually. I'm quite tempted to check that out. Um, uh, how long has it been since Kendrick's last, like... I think it's five years. Or anything. Yeah. yeah. It's a while. So I watched the Kendrick video at the crack of dawn because my kids had woken me up so early. And it was like 6.30 on my phone watching the YouTube and thought I was basically still asleep when I was seeing OJ Simpson's face. I think he's the first person he morphs into seeing OJ Simpson's face in the screen. And then have, and when it got to Kanye, I had to turn to my wife and say, are you seeing this? Um, but yeah, what a song and what a, what a video. And I heard a, someone told me a theory that they don't think it will be on the album either, which is coming on Friday, and it might yeah. be a standalone thing. Rosa, um, tell us what you've been watching, reading, seeing, listening to. Yeah, I had a whole plan that I was going to um, be like, yeah, I'm back reading proper books again, because after our conversation last week, I like went out and um, bought a couple of new books, um, and then I obviously like didn't look at them at all all week. <laughs> But what I've basically done is uh, in a week of high stress, I've gone back to Rosa's rom-com corner, um, my safe space. So uh, season two of Love Life um, was on, is on iPlayer now, which is like the first one had Anna Kendrick and it was like 10 episodes of like her different relationships up to like find the one. And this new one has William Jackson Harper in it, who was um, cheesy in the good place, who was so, so, so good in that. And he's like delightful in this as well. And it has um, Jessica Williams as his sort of on off, um, on off again flame in this and she is also super charming and delightful so that's really fun and then like Blair Underwood was up as her dad which I always appreciate Blair Underwood sighting so that's nice um, and then on my sort of Saturday stressed out night I started watching um, High Fidelity on Disney Plus which is the um, did like it's, it was from like a couple of years ago, and I think it got kind of cancelled mm. quite quickly. But with Zoe Kravitz as the John Cusack character, it's so good. She's so good in it, and it's so nice to watch her be um, like cast as that character. Because I feel like a few years ago she would have been kind of stuck in the sort of um, 
she would have played like the kind of cool exotic like ex that like broke his heart but now she gets to play the lead and it's like so deserved she's like you know there's a part of me that's like as if like Zoe Kravitz has ever experienced true heartbreak but you know she like convinced me to be honest I like I'm fully there with her so I'm a few episodes into that and it is really fun and also has like a really fun cool soundtrack as well so it got mixed reviews my light-hearted yeah and I don't really know why to be honest I don't really know what people were expecting it just like it like the whole vibe works for me to be honest even though they have that classic thing of she doesn't seem to make any money but lives in like an unbelievably big cool apartment in New York so that's my only gripe as ever. I, mean, I like the film and the book. And even though it's now kind of held up as a like prime example of tos- toxic masculinity and some sort of like, um, what's the thing now? Soft boy. He's, I guess um, <laughs> the main character <laughs> yeah. in High Fidelity is like the ultimate soft boy, essentially. Yeah, it got weird reviews and definitely kind of cancelled after one series, didn't it? But I'm also intrigued by Anna Kendrick and Chitty from The Good Place. I'm a fan of both of those, so maybe I need to yeah, uh, watch that. Yeah, really lovely. Yeah, so it's like a sort of love life is a kind of weird, like the sort of anthology. So the first series is just about her and he's not in it. And then it kind of, there's sort of, you sort of get introduced to him uh, like an event that she's at but their paths don't really cross so it's not it's like two separate um sets of characters oh my god and how could I actually forget um my beloved my polo neck king Stewie Hosseini is also in it so um Arian um Moyed, who is Stewie on succession pops up as um William Jackson Harper's best friend in love life and honestly someone give that guy a leading role because he really truly deserves it I forgot how much you love Stewie from Succession. I love him so much. Of of all the characters to obsess over, you are obsessed with Stewie. I know. Well, you know, I think think there are a few of us. We're like a small but um, loyal band. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to... Oh, I finished Hacks on Amazon Prime. uh, And I think the second series is coming very soon. There's an amazing episode in the middle of the series, which if you're watching it, look out for, which is... Uh, basically she does loads of drugs and has a, a kind of amazing time with a, a love interest um, in that episode. And I thought that was just a really good episode and kind of resonates through through the rest of the series. I liked how, is it Marcus, the um, the kind of manager? Kind yeah, of her like, uh, yeah, CEO. Business manager, yeah, her, her CEO. Like empire, yeah. I like how he came into it and... Uh, Kayla, the PA in the final episode with the agent. Kills me. She's so funny. She is incredible. (laughs) Uh, And then I just wanted to recommend uh, the new Jamie T. I'm a massive Jamie T fan. I know Charlie is as well. There's a new Jamie T track, the old style Raiders, and he's got a new album coming soon. And I just love that guy. And then I'm really late to it, but Kay Tempest's album is really, really great. Um, I think that's the best thing that they've released musically so far. Um, the production is great. Obviously, their lyrics are amazing as um, they have uh, amazing pedigree as a poet. Uh, so yeah, that K Tempest album, which is called The Line is a Curve, which is also a great album title, I think. Uh, the Line is a Curve. So yeah, K Tempest, Jenny T, Hacks. I think that's it. Ash, anything else to recommend? Do you ever watch uh, TV? 
I just watch what you guys tell me. And I can't recommend it because I'd just be recommending the same thing that got recommended the week before. Um, so no, I'm sadly not. That's where I'm at with music with you guys. I'm like, I'm just not even gonna, I just listen to what you all tell me to listen to. And then, yeah, and I, I don't have much to contribute otherwise. I mean, I could tell, I could talk to you about, um, like listening to the new Bad Bunny album, if anyone wants to hear about that. It's pretty fun. <laughs> Do you know what? I love Bad Bunny. It was one year. Do you? Okay, cool. A couple of years ago, somehow, my most listened to artist on, on Apple Music was Bad Bunny. Uh, and I loved the collaborative album with J Balvin, especially. It was so good, I thought. My favourite thing he's done is, was obviously um, his collab with um, Rosalia. That was one probably like one of my most listened to so tracks good. of last year. So good. So good. Yeah. Someone great, told me it? the new album, he's basically done everything on it as well. It's like all, like he's written the entire thing and yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's like obviously like a lot of reggaeton, but then also just some like other like sort of little like kind of guitar vibes as well. It's kind of cool. I like it. Do you speak yeah. Spanish? He's also like one of oh, the I don't know. You Rosa. I don't at all. I like I listen to a lot of Spanish language music. I don't and then I um sit down with my brother and I say, What are they saying? Because he speaks Spanish. So we're going to see um Rosalia in just like whenever she comes here in like December and it will just be like I'll be like, What is what she's what is she talking about now? That's which is what we did when we went to see Shakira together. Um because I because I just didn't have a clue. And that's but then that's fun. So yeah. it just means you unfortunately can't really sing along. So Rosie Lee Alive is really good by the way. Like I Is she? I'm so excited. I saw her at Brixton and it was kind of like watching a like arena show but like within Brixton. Uh, was that for her last album. album as well? Yeah, yeah, it was the that last amazing record, like yeah. flamenco one. Oh man, that would have been was, absolutely incredible. No, it was after that. It was it was after the J Balvin thing because she like okay. formed that record. Yeah, so she was sort of like fairly big at the time, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. she killed it. It was it was unreal. I was at so that gig as well, Ash. It was um, I was there. It was really really good. Um, like you said, it was kind of a pop thing like it was like a full pop stage show with dancers and stuff but um yeah yeah she's just like probably the coolest person on the planet isn't she oh my god amazing now i'm even more excited for her show it's gonna be incredible right thanks so much for uh joining us today uh we'll be back soon hopefully and in like a great mood and everything will have gone swimmingly obviously uh, it's all going to be fine do you know what as well I've, I think we don't have to worry about Billy not being able to talk about Emerson's um, like highlights reel because there's going to be an even better one dropping after Thursday let's believe alright I believe <laughs> yeah come on Emerson Royale <laughs> social guy once more we're feeling we want Billy <laughs> going crazy over the uh, the social video on the next podcast uh, thanks so much to Rosa and Ash. Rosa, can you see us home? Please give us uh, an up the spurs. Up the spurs. Mom 
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.